And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Dr. John Frame, Professor of Systematic Theology and Philosophy Emeritus at RTS. Dr. Frame, it's, a, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Good to be with you, Dan, and with your listeners. For those who may not be familiar with you, uh, I, I looked you up online and it says this about you, that you're a Christian philosopher and theologian, noted for your work in epistemology and presuppositional apologetics, systematic theology and ethics. So those are really cool areas, very interesting areas. Um, you are putting out a new book, and uh, the publisher gave it the title, Christianity Considered, A Guide for Skeptics and Seekers. So without giving too much away, and yet we want to talk about it, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your new book that's coming out, Dr. Frame? Well, I've uh, taught for many years in the field of apologetics. Apologetics is the defense of the Christian faith. And uh, I've written uh, other books that are mainly uh, guides for other apologists, uh, mainly textbooks for my seminary courses where we take our students and try to help them learn how to present the gospel uh, rationally to uh, non-Christian people. And uh, so, uh, in a way, my, my previous apologetics books have been written for other apologists but now I'm retired and I'm a little bit free from all of that. So <laughs> I wrote a book that uh, I, I hope will be uh, something that a uh, Christian can hand to a non-Christian. It's uh, aimed at a non-Christian reader. And uh, in that book, I just begin uh, uh, with where most people are today and uh, help them to see what's uh, uh, so interesting and what's so good about the Christian faith and uh, uh, present some of the arguments that I find most uh, helpful in uh, persuading uh, persuading us of the truth and in increasing our uh, faith and confidence. Now, uh, one of the write-ups I saw about this book, it tried to catch the reader's attention by saying Christianity is more than a religion. It is also a complex intellectual tradition. Can you comment on that a little bit? Well, that's right. Uh, The term religion is a term that we use a lot. People say, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, (laughs) and I don't really know what that means exactly. Uh, I don't don't despise the word religion. Religion is the practice of faith, according to the book of James, for example. So uh, I don't mind saying I'm religious. Uh, That that means I go to church and I pray and so on and so forth. And I I talk about some of those things uh, in the book. But uh, most people don't start there. Uh, If you're kind of up in the air about the truth of Christianity, uh, probably better off not to uh, start off by trying to define religion (laughs) or something like that. The main thing is to ask, what what is it that uh, 
governs my life? How do I make my decisions? How do I uh, govern my thinking? How do I decide what's true and what's false and what's uh, important and what's not important? Uh, so uh, those are the, uh, I, I don't know where that quote came from, but the, <laughs> uh, it, it sort of helps to uh, position my book in a way that uh, uh, shows how I, I hope to be of help to uh, people who read it. Yeah. Um, apologetics and defending the Christian faith is what you started uh, describing briefly. Today, when people have um, opposite ideas, let's say, one of the tactics that has been used, particularly on on leftist college campuses, is to basically shut down debate or or intimidate people or to make fun of them or to uh, you know that sort of thing. How does that approach differ from the defense of the Christian faith that that God wants us to use? Well, I think that approach uh, shows how bankrupt the uh, uh, non-believing ideas are today. Uh, if people had good arguments to bring against the Christian faith, then the, you would think that their instinct would be to bring those arguments, to engage in a discussion, to, to get together and uh, exchange views. But uh, what happens today so often is that uh, uh, they they try to shut down those positions that uh, disagree with theirs. And of course, uh, you know, that's not only contrary to Christianity, uh, that's contrary to uh, the way our uh, United States is set up. We uh, have the First Amendment, which uh, is an attempt to guarantee uh, continued uh, discussion, uh, respectful of views that we disagree with, and giving others the freedom to uh, pursue uh, uh, their uh, conclusions. And uh, so the, the book that I've written is uh, really uh, tries to bypass all of that uh, uh, totalitarian uh, mind, mind control uh, stuff. It, uh, it just assumes that, uh, uh, you know, we're in a position where we need to uh, have a free exchange of ideas, and we need to uh, uh, be courteous and respectful to one another, and uh, that doesn't mean always agreeing with one another, but it means uh, uh, showing uh, basic respect for the uh, opinions of other people. That seems more consistent with the very nature of the word university. Um, Right. So I I like that. You mentioned... um, in your book that's coming out, Christianity Considered, you think through what it is that governs our life. And along with this, I'd I'd like you to comment on uh, words and definitions and how sometimes words are redefined or misused to kind of breed confusion and and separate people. Can Can you help us, first of all, talk about what is it that governs our life? Well, I believe ultimately God governs our lives, but uh, we're talking uh, here in the specific context of discussion on trying to obtain the truth and so on. And uh, language is an important thing there. Uh, God has given us language as a wonderful gift to convey ideas and to uh, uh, try to communicate with one another and to help us uh, find the uh, 
means of meeting our various needs. And so uh, words have a tremendously important value there. Now, there are people, of course, who try to achieve their goals, and uh, these are the type of people who try to shut down discussion, as we were just talking about. But uh, a lot of people try to achieve their goals by redefining terms so that uh, a term that uh, is used by your opponent is given a very ugly kind of meaning. Uh, I, I explored that a little bit a while ago with the term religion. There are people who think that religion is just a lot of formalism, just a lot of fooey, just a lot of uh, rituals, meaningless rituals that people go through. And so they use the term religion as a way of disparaging someone else's practices, someone else's views. Well, I, I propose we look up these terms in, in dictionaries and we agree to use them in ways. That, see, words have two functions. Uh, well, many more than that, of course. But words have two functions. One is to convey meaning and the other is to convey feeling. And uh, if you use the word religion, uh, well, the meaning of it has to do with certain practices that spring out of a person's faith, but the feeling of it uh, uh, tends to uh, be uh, a, a kind of formalism that most people object to, that makes you uh, feel that you don't want to have anything to do with it. So uh, I think we need to... Uh, challenge one another when somebody takes a common word and, and gives it a an emotive uh, meaning that uh, makes it sound like it's bad for you to even use the term, uh, then I think that needs to be challenged. And we, we need to agree on some of these guidelines before we uh, get into the substantive nature of the argument. Well, today we're talking with Dr. John Frame. Uh, he's written a new book that's coming out. The title is Christianity Considered, A Guide for Skeptics and Seekers. And I did a quick look up on Amazon, Dr. Frame, and it says that the title will be released on May the 16th. And so um, it's available in paperback, apparently. So this looks like a really neat book. Um, the write-up on Amazon also talks about Dr. Frame introduces the reader to the Christian religion and its unique intellectual framework. You know, some people might say, well, Christianity, that's just a bunch of blind faith. You know, babies think about that stuff, but, you know, I'm an adult now. Yeah. But is there an intellectual framework? Can you talk to that a little bit? Well, Christianity is a great intellectual tradition that goes back uh, 2,000 years, well, it goes back even more than that if you count the Old Testament uh, uh, teaching and Judaism and and all of that. There have been very uh, highly regarded scholars in every age who have embraced uh, basically the biblical worldview and biblical truth. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, great philosophers uh, back in the first centuries of the Church uh, certainly uh, embraced the uh, Christian 
theism. Uh, then there are names uh, of people like uh, Augustine and Anselm and Thomas Aquinas and Luther and Calvin and uh, Jonathan Edwards and and people like that, right down to the present, uh, Alvin Plantinga, for example. So uh, there, there's a very substantive tradition here, and most any scholar, most anybody who knows anything about philosophy or knows anything about the history of religions uh, ought to speak respectfully about Christianity, as uh, it's certainly it's one of the major uh, influences on Western culture and uh, uh, in the founding of the United States of America. So uh, these are things that deserve to be uh, taken into consideration. And when people just brush them aside as uh, having no value, uh, they show their ignorance. Now, you just mentioned something that caught my attention, and that is the founding of America. And this write-up here on Amazon about your new book talks about the Christian posture towards politics. Some people hesitate to stray into that area, but I don't consider it strain. Um, Is not our Lord Lord over everything? Can you talk to us about how we should consider this area of life? Right. Well, uh, there have been uh, a lot of people, some of them within the Christian faith, who have tried to uh, make a sharp distinction between uh, our relationship to God, our, our salvation on the one hand, and our relationship to culture, uh, politics, uh, worldly matters on the other hand. And so they've distinguished between the area of the holy and the area of the common distinguishing between the uh, matters pertaining to salvation and matters pertaining to the world. And uh, I think we do have to make some distinctions here. I mean, certainly Jesus says that we ought to uh, be primarily concerned about God and and pile up treasures in heaven rather than uh, uh, accumulating a lot of material wealth. But on the other hand, uh, the Bible is very clear that if you're a Christian, if you care about God, if God is your Lord, then whether uh, I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, uh, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you should do all things to the glory of God. So that all things has to include culture, it has to include politics. If you're involved in the arts, it certainly involves the way you uh, carry on your art, the motivations that you have for uh, pursuing business and uh, all kinds of things. Every area of life belongs to God. And that's why Abraham Kuyper, who was a great Christian in the Netherlands, who was the prime minister of the Netherlands for several years, Abraham Kuyper said that there's not one square inch in the whole universe over which Jesus Christ does not say mine. So uh, in the in the broader sense, in the deeper sense, uh, all of life is Jesus' territory, and uh, uh, what the Christian faith offers us is not just a 
way to save our souls and and to achieve forgiveness, but uh, a comprehensive worldview, a new way of looking at everything that there is. Yeah, it's very transformative. Um, and, and somebody may object, oh, no, you, you, you really have to have the separate, the holy versus the common, because these other areas, politics, culture, business, etc., they can't be a means of salvation. Now, we would agree with them, correct? They're not a means of salvation. That's right. Nobody uh, can be saved by uh, making a... Uh, a million dollars. It's a matter of, uh, but it's a matter of keeping everything in its proper perspective. And uh, in order to keep everything in its proper perspective, we need a comprehensive worldview. We we need the Bible to uh, tell us what's really most important and what's less important, and where uh, various aspects of life should uh, be placed in our overall. Uh, uh, scheme of living. Now, um, you've you've done a lot of thinking about ethics, and uh, I have a question. <laughs> this is like a yep. like a sitting down in your study type of thing. Um, suppose God moves in the future the way He has moved in the past, and I'm thinking of the first Great Awakening, where men and women um, come to a sense of their sinfulness before God. They cry out to God for his mercy. Um, they come close to God through Jesus Christ in relationship. And then they also have a, a strong desire to want to please God in every area of life. How, how would you, <laughs> if you were to counsel, let's say, let's say there's a region and they've invited you in to speak to them and say, you know what, Dr. Frame, we just embraced the gospel of Christ, or we just came back to it, or we love the Lord and we want to follow him, and we, have, um, we want to conduct our, our, our town in accordance with the word of God um, without going crazy. Um, how, how would you instruct them? What, what would you point them to look at? Well, that's a fairly open topic, uh, Dan, <laughs> I, uh, but... Uh, I guess to try to uh, limit it, to try to uh, begin somewhere, because you have to uh, have a place to start and then a place to end and so on, I I would uh, say that the uh, main rules of life are uh, what Jesus called the two great commandments, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength of mind, and then also uh, love your neighbor as yourself. And the way we do that is uh, set up in the Ten Commandments. So uh, we go back to the commandments. Uh, uh, the Lord says, you shall, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Uh, second commandment, you shall not make uh, graven images to worship them. Uh, third commandment, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, and so on. Uh, you shall not kill, you shall not steal. And so I, I would tell the the group that invited me, I'd say, we want to have a society like that, where uh, people uh, uh, recognize that, uh, that that's the way to live. Now, it may take some time. I mean, uh, uh, certainly there are a lot of forces in America today that... Uh, 
Uh, I mean, some some courts have even said that you can't have the Ten Commandments on a plaque in the lobby. You know, you have to avoid any kind of religious references. Well, first of all, that kind of thing is going to have to come to an end. We're we've got to be free, and I think the first. The uh, amendment gives us that freedom. We have to be free to uh, set forth the values that God has revealed to us in the scriptures. And uh, after we uh, talk about that for a while, and after we give some attention to uh, revamping our our laws and our practices, and and I think uh, you know, really, culture is more fundamental than law. I think. Uh, you can't really uh, uh, understand how to reconstruct the law until you reconstruct the way people feel about things, uh, reconstruct the way people respond to challenges and and how they uh, tend to uh, value things. And uh, when we get to that point, then we can uh, talk about the more uh, narrowly political aspects of that. Yeah, that's uh, that's right on. Um, no question. Uh, when when these changes are made, they must be um, they must flow from inside out, um, from the heart outward. Um, so the culture comes first. That, that's a that's a good point. Uh, we've got maybe two or three minutes left today. We're talking with Doctor John Frame. He has a new book coming out, Christianity Considered: A Guide for Skeptics and Seekers. It's a paperback. God willing, it'll be out on May the 16th. And uh, Dr. Frame, is there anything else you'd like to mention in conjunction with this book that we haven't talked about yet? Well, I I begin uh, by uh, talking about knowledge in general terms. Uh, If we're going to talk about whether Christianity is true or false, uh, we need to talk a little bit about how we know anything, how how do we know that something is true and not uh, false? If we're confronted with uh, uh, somebody who says the earth is flat, how do we know that he's wrong? And uh, how do we know how to substitute a better view? So I'm, you know, I have some philosophical background, and so I'm interested in epistemology, the theory of knowledge, and uh, uh, want to talk about how we. Uh, ascertain what's uh, true and what's false, and of course that uh, uh, is very important if we're going to try to show that Christianity is true and the rivals of Christianity are false. And then uh, uh, I get into uh, questions of morality, because I I think uh, if we're going to know the difference between truth and falsity, it's important to understand the truth is a moral value. It's what we ought to believe, and that ought is a moral ought or an ethical ought. So uh, uh, I try to show that the knowledge is part of ethics and that we need to have a, an idea of ethical values before we even uh, decide what uh, makes a proposition true or false. And so uh, I I set up some of that prolegomena, some of that introductory material, hoping that people will perhaps uh, come to the uh, religious questions in a somewhat 
different way, a way that's a little bit unusual uh, for them, and uh, try to uh, uh, bring them to a position where they will consider uh, uh, ethical values as part of their decision-making process. Yeah, that's good. The book is Christianity Considered. The author is John Frame. This is a guide for skeptics and seekers. And Dr. Frame, you have a couple more books that you're working on. Can you give us just a quick picture as to what's coming up also? Well, the next one, which could be available later this year or maybe next year, is called Nature's Case for God. Uh the Bible says that God is revealed in the created world, and uh, various uh, people have tried to develop uh, uh, arguments for God uh, looking at the created world, but typically what they do is they they develop uh, proofs and arguments based on the creative uh, created world. Uh, while turning away from the Bible. And I'm trying, in, in my book, what I do is I ask uh, the Bible uh, how God is revealed in the created world. The Bible in Romans chapter 1 says that God is clearly revealed in the created world, and I, I'm interested in showing uh, how. Uh, that's the case. So that's a kind of a biblical natural theology, to use the theological buzzword. And then I have another book uh, uh, that's been accepted for publication. Uh, all of these are coming from uh, Lexham uh, Publications. The third book is uh, called We Are All Philosophers. And uh, I have written this, this big history of philosophy, but uh, it's too much for most people to uh, read. So I've kind of written a smaller, scaled-down uh, version in which I try to show uh, how philosophical problems enter into uh, ordinary life. And uh, again, it's a kind of apologetic. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, uh, there's so much to devour here, and hope our listeners will look all this up, and particularly the first book we talked about, which will be out shortly, Christianity Considered. Our guest today has been Dr. John Frame, Professor of Systematic Theology and Philosophy Emeritus from RTS. Uh, Dr. Frame, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Good to be with you. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.